Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Canberra Football Show. Matt Nicoletti joining me today is Michael Georgeski. Michael, how's it going today? And um, welcome back. It's been a while. You've uh, had your girlfriend's birthday last week, so uh, didn't yeah. have you on the show. Yeah, I know. Gutted to miss out, but uh, it was it was for a good reason, of course. But I'm I'm happy to be back. Uh, some some good action uh, as always over the course of the weekend, Matt and ready to get into it with you so um let's do it so first up we in the npl uh we have o'connor knights who picked up a huge victory mat over belconnor united at home it was a one nil win a goal from ayul in the 81st minute for the hosts like i said matt a huge win for the knights as it you know it puts them seven points clear in fourth spot on the ladder and it puts an end to the sort of recent slumps, slumps, sorry, that they've sort of endured over the last sort of month or so. And I think on the flip side of that, it was a huge chance for Belconnen to get themselves closer to the top four. But now they find themselves nine points off and they sit obviously in seventh place. So it sort of just goes to show just how fine the margins are for error at this point of the season. And whilst for Belconnen, it's a dampening result um, on, on the flip side of that for O'Connor. It's a huge result for them as it sort of helps them solidify their place in the top four. And, you know, the, the goal that they were able to produce in the, in the 81st minute Matt, from Ayul, I mean, you know, it, it could be one of the biggest goals of their season to date. And, you know, it, it helps stake their claim for obviously finals football, you know, and I know that you would have seen it, but it was, it was a great, through ball that sort of just sliced right through the Belconnor United back line. Ayul sort of gets it, gets goes around the caper and puts it in sort of rather quickly. He had to do all that sort of sharply and and with quick feet. It was a great finish, nevertheless. And you know, just a great goal, an important moment for them to grab uh, that goal and the three points as well. You know, Matt, it's looking more and more likely that Bel- Belco aren't going to feature in this final series after this after this result in particular it, it's hard to see sort of if they'll be able to sort of make back up those nine points to see if they can get themselves in and around that top four but you never know what can happen with these last remaining matches of the 2022 campaign and I think it's important for O'Connor to just keep pushing forward after a huge result like this and like I mentioned at the top it sort of gets them out of the recent struggles that they've sort of had uh, when you look at the sort of recent games that they've played and results haven't really gone their way. And I think I'd also like to mention, you know, uh, O'Connor's Liam Walsh reached his century of MPL games in this matchup as well. So what an occasion to mark your hundredth game with an important win like that. Indeed, huge, huge victory for the O'Connor Knights. And like you said, that's a huge point um, gap for them to have over Canberra Olympic, so they put themselves in good stead. Give them a bit of um, yeah, bit of bit of bit of cushion, uh, uh, just in case um, a result doesn't go their way. Um, in the next couple of weeks, uh, we go to another big game out of Kuma, which Russ and I um ended yeah. up commentating on. It actually wasn't that cold, surprisingly. It wasn't. Beautiful. It was colder when we went in April last year. That was in end of July this year. So, I guess that says something. But um. Tigers return their spiritual home of Kuma, where they've only played once uh, this season. And 
This one was a draw uh, uh, in the second league installment, of course, uh, for the Battle of the Big Cats, as Russ likes to call it. Tigers started defensively solid, mostly because the last couple of games that um, Tigers have played, they've conceded relatively early in a lot of their games recently. So you could tell how defensively solid they were. Everyone, you know, dropped back, worked well behind the ball. They were happy to give uh, Monaro a bit of the, uh, a bit of the ball in the opening half, and they just countered with their pace, and they were absolutely lethal in the pace. You were seeing some of the best of uh, Tigers. We all know they haven't been able to click completely this season, and when we have seen it, we've we've seen them use their pace to good uh, very well, and um, they did open uh, the scoring through Tom uh, Tom Kirklitz as mm-hmm. uh, after a Josh Golevsky shot was parried to the side. Uh, the Canberra Croatia uh, from the Canberra Croatia keeper Kirklix was able to uh, gain the rebound and bury it. Uh, arguably, Tigers looked the stronger of the two. I thought in the first half, uh, defensively and attacking wise, uh, they seemed to have the better of the opportunities in that opening half. Uh, Manara, on the other hand, uh, were missing quite a few starters in uh, in this one, including Bailey, Kishta, Thurtell, Andre, Carl, just to name a few. Uh, they didn't seem to be clicking in the first half. Uh, they had probably more of the ball, but Tigers hit, just hit them on the counter, hit them with pace, uh, and they weren't able to break the defensive line of Tigers too much. I, I can't remember too many chances in the first half anyway. Uh, the second half, though, they came out a lot stronger. Uh, they came out on the attack. Uh, they moved the ball quicker. They created more chances. Um, yeah, they, they created more chances than Tigers in the second half, and they equalized through Seb Woods, who came on off the bench at halftime after Nikos Kalfas sort of uh, dragged it or back, backheeled it to Woods, who struck it low and put it into the bottom left-hand corner. It was an absolute bullet of a goal from the substitute, Seb Woods, like we said, who came on at halftime, so immediately making an impact. Overall, considering the two halves, draw was probably the... Uh, probably a fair result. Like I said, Tigers probably had the better of the first half. Monaro probably had the better of the second half. Uh, so probably a fair result all around. Yeah, most definitely, Matt. I think it, it, in terms of that, a lot more sort of positive signs there for Tigers uh, in terms of the performance as well, especially when you take into account, you know, the sort of form that Monaro has been on. Obviously a top four side playing very, very well. But we'll move on now to our next matchup, which was Canberra-Croatia, Matt, against West Canberra Wanderers. 4-2 to Canberra-Croatia in this one. Goals from Dominic, two goals from Dominici, one of those from the penalty spot in the second half. Pilkington and Tineski scoring as well. Uh, and for West Canberra, Bailey uh, managed to get a, a brace, uh, a four-minute brace uh, in the second half there to reduce uh, the deficit. So... Canberra-Croatia, they maintain their spot at the top of the table. Uh, we've been saying that for quite a while now, haven't we, Matt? And, you know, it, it came with an entertaining victory over, you know, a recently resurgent West Canberra Wanderers side, I'd say. You know, and as as they so often do, Canberra-Croatia, you know, they stamp their their authority early in the match. You know, they, they score early, uh, courtesy of, you know, Dominici and, you know... It, it's always very hard for teams against Canberra Croatia to get themselves sort of back, not only into the match, but go on and win once they've sort of established an early lead. Like we've seen it so many times over the years. And, you know, 
you know, they, they just played really, really good uh, football. You know, they, they can, they continue to dominate, you know, the first half after going up uh, in that, in that early stages of the first half through Dominici, like I mentioned, and then, you know, they, they added a second, you know, uh, not so long uh, after that, around about midway through the first half there uh, through Pilkington. And then, you know, they, they got themselves in a good position being 3-0 up, obviously, when Teneski uh, managed to find the back of the net as well. And it was 3-0 at the break, you know. But like I said at the top, Matt, you know, West Canberra, they did manage to, you know, come out a lot better in the second 45 minutes. I think that would have been a, a strong message at halftime that things probably weren't good enough from them in the first 45 and that they needed to improve that. And I think they definitely did. Even though Canberra Croatia managed to extend their lead out to 4-0, uh, you know, Bailey manages to get two goals there in sort of the latter stages of the second half there. So you, you, you maybe ask yourself if those goals had come a bit earlier in the second half, would have given them obviously a bit more time to see if they could pull off a miraculous sort of draw after going 4-0 down, but it just wasn't the case. And, you know, just in like the previous uh, match with O'Connor and Liam Walsh's 100 games, Matt, we had... Canberra Croatia's Daniel Subasic reach 100 MPL matches in this game as well. So another congratulatory, you know, salute to uh, another player make marking their 100th game this weekend. Indeed, uh, congratulations to him and Canberra Croatia still remain, of course, at the top of the table. Uh, next up was uh, one hell of a game. Uh, Gengala United for Canberra Olympic Three, Roberts, Mickle, Sam Haptamarian, Abbott with the goals for Gungala United and Flores, Yehegi and Rowan Jones with the goals for Olympic. Uh, this, um, the way I'm going to go over it isn't the order of play. I'm just going to go what Olympic did and one, uh, what Gungala did because quite a bit in this matchup. Gungala opened the scoring through Bernabeu Madrid who got in the end of a nice ball from Leon Mickle uh, uh, across the goal. Uh, Bertabo Madrid also had another chance um, in a time where Olympic probably had more chances um, in the first half. Leon Mikkel uh, was the one to take back the lead for his side as they broke on the counter. Giampaolo got a foot on it to Mikkel, who thundered a, a bullet across a cross goal in the right corner. Gagalan's last two goals came from 3-2 down uh, near the end of the game where Sam Habtemerian scored their third uh, scored their third after Jeremy Habtemarian's shot was saved by Seb Usai, then ricocheted from the defenders and fell to Sam as he buried it. Uh, Mishko Naumowski passed it off to Nico Abbott for his first goal in the Gunners' stripes to seal uh, the win against Olympic. Olympic's equaliser, though, uh, started through David McCarron, who won the ball back, I believe, and laid it off to Simon Rowe and Jones, who was able to cross it to Luca Flores, who put it in for the finish. Olympic also had uh, uh, other great chances in the first half uh, with Rowan Jones hitting the crossbar. Um, Flores came off, uh, which looked like he pulled up with some hammy issues. Uh, not completely confirmed. Hope, uh, hopefully it was just a spur, spur of the moment hammy issues and nothing serious. Uh, McCarran had two, also had two good chances. One was saved uh, from Quinn through a header. Melik also had a chance saved where it was uh, another header, uh, which was well saved by Quinn. So both the goalkeepers getting quite a bit of action in this half. 
Uh, like I said, Olympic were threatening and Garland from both the wings and the center in the first half, creating uh, space very quickly. Olympic started the second half pretty strongly after a long ball uh, from Seb Usai came off a Bengala defender to the feet of Isos or Ahegi, uh, who came on in the second half and buried it to put his side level uh, three minutes in. Simon Rowan Jones made it 3 2 and put them in the lead after the corner, um, uh, from the corner of the box as he chipped Jacob Quinn. So much there in that matchup. It was mm. an absolutely uh, fuller matchup, uh, of course. For Olympic, though, that loss means that lot that loss means they are seven points behind uh, the O'Connor Knights, and they're actually behind Tigers, if I'm not mistaken, on goal difference. So they are technically in sixth place. So now there is a bit of a gap opening up between fourth and fifth slash sixth. In terms of Gungahlin United, though, uh, they remain in second place, three points behind Canberra Croatia, which will make that one hell of a matchup. Matt, and to round off our MPL uh, discussion uh, for this week, you know, the MPL round 15 fixtures. So we start things off with West Canberra Wanderers playing host to O'Connor Knights, Saturday, 30th of July, 2.15 p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. Followed that by Tigers FC at home against Gungahlin United. That should be a good match. Uh, Matt, Saturday, 30th of July, 3 p.m. at AIS, Grassfield 2. And then we've got Canberra Olympic up against Canberra Croatia. We know how big of a game that one is in Canberra football. That one also, Saturday, 30th of July, 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. And lastly, out to Queanbeyan for Monero Panthers up against Belconnen United. Saturday, 30th of July at 5.45pm. Uh, so the later kickoff that we've been accustomed to when Monaro play at home. MPLW segment for the show. Uh, we started things off on the Saturday with Belcon United, 3-0 victory over West Canberra Wanderers. Belco opened the scoring after uh, pretty early after the Wanderers defence tried to pass the ball out from the back in the line of Riley Ewan. Uh, who didn't waste her opportunity and buried it in the back of the net. Ewan also pounced for her brace off a defensive scramble from a corner to make it two. Their third came after Kira Bobbin headed it to Burridge off a corner kick, who was able to put it in the corner. Belko, I thought they'd gone 4-0 up on the verge of halftime after Riley Ewan put a shot around the keeper. However, it ended up as a red as the young striker ended up colliding as she hit that ball with the keeper uh looking at it from the uh looking at it from the uh highlights as i watched it over and over probably a little harsh in hindsight uh considering uh obviously her intent was to go for the ball and she ended up connecting with the ball as well but the ref i guess is in a better position of that and uh, that was the decision so it was a red card instead of a goal however belco uh considering they had a whole half down the 10 men, uh, still braced through it and was and didn't end up conceding uh, in that second half. West Canberra, on the other hand, uh, like I said, despite having the one-person advantage in the second half, weren't able to come back into the matchup. Uh, they haven't conceded too many uh, goals, if uh, from what I've been told, 
uh, from set pieces or corners this season. And they conceded um, two here. Unfortunately for them, this is their sixth game in a row where they haven't been able to get a win. The last three matches have been losses and the last three before that were draws. Uh, so this sort of proves once again how important their great start to the season was uh, because despite this um, not great run of form, they're still nine points uh, ahead in fourth place over Gungahl and United. So they still have, so it's not all doom and gloom. They still have a decent cushion there. And they do, of course, versus Gungahl and United uh, this weekend. So they have the possibility to extend that uh, further. So uh, despite things not going their way today or over the last couple of weeks, uh, their great form at the start of the season has still put them in good stead. Who do we have next up, Michael? Yeah, next up we have Tuggeronong United, Matt, who managed to get a win over Wagga City Wanderers 2-0. So a win and a clean sheet for Tuggeronong, something that I'm sure they would have been very, very thrilled about. You know, they opened the scoring just after the half-hour mark uh, through Burns, uh, Sophie Burns, sorry, as she... Used her pace to outrun the Wanderers defenders to get on the end of the ball over the top. And, you know, she pl- calmly placed it uh, past the goalkeeper there. And, you know, and, the, and then the second goal came in the second half in the 73rd minute, courtesy of Zoe Terry. Doubled, you know, she doubled the lead and secured the win with a, with a bullet from just outside the box there. So another good performance, Matt, from Tuggies as they, you know, continue to build on these good results and, you know, and they had some other, you know, good chances uh, in in this one as well to extend that lead out to two nil, but that just wasn't the case. But nevertheless, they still got the the victory in the end. And like we mentioned, it's a huge victory for Tuggeranong United as it places them, you know, four points above Wagga in seventh, and it gives them the chance to actually close the gap on CUA in their catch up match with them. So that that'll be a huge, huge match for Tuggeranong United to try and level their points tally with CUA in that instance. Um, you know, it's tough for Wagga, you know, uh, especially because they have shown glimpses over the over the past few weeks and even before that, that they can put it together when they've got a healthy squad and, and when they've got their players available, Matt. Like we, we, we've talked about it over the last, you know, numerous episodes. They, they've picked up some good results here and there. They managed... They're still managing to put things together and, you know, they've just got to keep on going. You know, there's only a short portion left of the second half of this season and they just have to do everything that they can to, you know, finish off the season strong. They'll be disappointed with a result like this because obviously if they had won, it would have helped them get closer uh, to, to Tuggeranong. It would have actually put them above uh, Tuggeranong. Uh, in the standings if, if they were able to get a win in this match, but that wasn't the case. So for Tuggeranong, it's it's a great result. Again, it, another victory for, for Tuggeranong. This has uh, definitely been their best season in MPLW in a very long time. And uh, I just hope, you know, they get to continue in that vein for years to come. And for Wagga, it'll be the same. Uh, I think when you look at Tuggeranong and Wagga, those are two sides that are developing still with a lot of young players. And, you know, who knows in the next sort of two, three years, they'll be, they'll be very good sides. So, you know, they've got plenty of players, um, hopefully, you know, plenty of players to sort of develop from the younger age groups coming through. So uh, Tuggeranong, it's a great position 
Matt, for, for them, I, I, I feel, you know, I just mentioned the fact that we've been so used to seeing them on the root of the table on the, on the bottom of the table for, for many years, but they've managed to really change things around under Paulo Romero. And this isn't in particular, like I said, it's probably been their best season in a long, long time. So credit to Tuggerong United. And yeah, well done to them. It, it was a win that was coming. Uh, the last couple of games I've seen them anyway. Um, they've been they've created uh, lots of chances. They've been in a decent like a decent amount of matches that didn't able that they weren't able to get the result in. They were in it till um, a certain moment of the match or near the end. So um, this win was uh, has been coming for a while. And like you said, they have the opportunity uh, in their catch up match against CUA to go level with them. Uh, they wouldn't be ahead. On goal difference, uh, they would be behind on goal difference, uh, most likely as they're uh, decently uh, behind them in that regard. But to get level, uh, it puts them, uh, you know, into their goals of uh, trying to make it further up the ladder. So well done to them. Next up is Canberra Olympic 5-1 winners over CUA. Uh, Jaloka, Ryan... And Sykes Hattrick were the goals, and Reith Mueller was the goal for uh, CUA. Here's how the goals happened Jaloka and uh, Vanessa Ryan scored in the first half. Jaloka was a, a tap in from a defensive scramble to open the scoring. Ryan was a pinpoint header to put them in the lead heading into half time. That's a couple of headers for her this season. Uh, Canberra Olympic found their scoring groove more so, though, in the second half as they scored. Three goals in 13 minutes. Michaela Thornton was brought down in the box, which resulted in a penalty, and Ash Sykes finished it from the spot kick, which began her hat-trick. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was also the match that Michaela Thornton made her return in, in after injury. That has kept her out for a bit. Either if it was this one, it was uh, if yeah. it wasn't this one, it was last week. It's uh, definitely been very recent. Her second, uh, and when I mean her, I mean... Uh, Ash Sykes, her second was converted from a defensive scramble off a free kick into the box. And her third was a classic Ashley Sykes goal, uh, running around a defender, breaking away with pace and burying it in the goal. Olympic, uh, very good victory for Olympic. And as always, as we always mentioned, very important as they need to keep pace with Croatia. They are still four points off Canberra, Croatia though, but they are also six points ahead of Belko who are in third Bessie Reith-Mullot was the one who scored for CUA as she pounced on a defensive miscommunication between Katrina Perich and Janet King to equalise at that time for her side in the 28th minute. Uh, despite looking like they would go into the halftime level, they conceded uh, just before halftime, which was uh, Vanessa Ryan's goal. Uh, this result for the Academy means they are still in sixth place, one point behind Ungarland and only three ahead of Tuggies. And as you mentioned before, Michael, uh, that one catch-up match against the Tuggies makes it even more important considering mm -hmm. the positions of both sides. Who do we have next up? Yeah, next up and last match uh, for our MPLW action is Canberra-Croatia, Matt. Uh, six nil win winners over Gungahlin United at Deakin Stadium. There, another milestone that was reached. Obviously, the ones that we had previously mentioned were in MPL, but this time a milestone in MPLW for Grace 
uh, Gill, who reached 150 MPLW matches. So congratulations to her. That's an amazing achievement. And, you know, a, a great way for Canberra Croatia to celebrate her milestone with six goals and a clean sheet to go along with it. And, you know, you could sense that the hosts were, were in the mood early, you know, when Barrack put them uh, ahead. And you knew from that moment on they were just going to be so hard to stop. And that's why you have to do as best as you can when you come up against Canberra Croatia to really sort of shut them out that first sort of 10, 20 minutes to really give yourself a chance. Because if you concede in that time period, it's just going to be very difficult for you to stop the onrushing pressure that they display. And, you know, I, I want to make mention of two of the goals that sort of caught our eye. You know, the first being Bissett, who, you know, she produced a nice shot on the edge of the area there. It's one of those really nice goals that you see from outside the box where it's a shot and it sort of hits the crossbar, bounces and goes back up into the roof of the net. So a very satisfying strike there from her. And I'd say the sixth goal, the the last one from Seton, you know, the the sort of the build-up play in that is, as well with the sort of, you know, the flick, uh, in Seton's path to really let her sort of get that left foot um, across goal into the top corner. I think they were two great strikes from outside the box. And I think it really just goes to show how good Canberra Croatia are and how good they've been all season. And that's why they're the favorites to, you know, win the, win the title this season. All right. Next, uh, uh, Let's uh, go through the fixtures for round 15, shall we? But we start off with Belcon United, Tugger and United, Saturday, July 30th, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. Wagga City Wanderers versus Canberra Olympics, Sunday, July 31st at 2.30 p.m. at Gissing Oval. Here's the big one in terms of places. Gungahlin United against West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, July 31st, 3 p.m. at Gungahlin. In close, of course, uh, Gungahlin United, nine points off. Uh, the Wanderers, uh, the Wanderers looking to extend that lead, and you would think if Gungahlin are going to make a late comeback and search for the top four, this will be a pivotal result. You feel in that race, or at least one of the pivotal um, matches. And last up, CUA against Canberra Croatia, Sunday, July thirty first, five ten pm at the Hawker. Football center. Croatia have had both wins and by decent margins this season, but in the past, CUA have been uh, a bogey side of Canberra Croatia. So that should be another interesting watch. And hello, everybody. Welcome to our CPL segment. Uh, Chris Webb has rejoined us after a while. Webby, uh, glad to have you back. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me back. That's good to be here. How are you guys going? Very good. Doing good. Doing good. Oh. All right, let's. We didn't. I don't think we touched on state league last time, so let's. Quit, we'll start off with a quick state league update. I know I'm aware of one of the results on the weekend: Canberra, Juventus, and UC. Was it three three or it was a draw? Um, I might have got the score wrong there, but uh, what's going on in that uh, in that sector? Obviously, uh, the reason why we mentioned is because there will be most likely promotion. Uh, from that league of one team into the CPL for next season. Uh, yeah, look, it's it's always hard to piece together what's going on there with uh, <laughs> the current dribble situation. Mm. Um, 
So we had the bye weekend across the city for Kangaroo Cup, I think two weekends yep. ago. The only yep. match that was played in the seniors was a State League One game, um, Juventus and Western. So it was the top of the table clash. So I went out there and watched it. It was actually an extremely uh, entertaining game, very high quality. Um, personally, I probably think Juventus shaded the game. They were probably slightly better, had some slightly better chances. Um, Western's keeper made some fantastic saves. Um, but I'm pretty sure it finished nil all. Um, so just shows kind of how tight those two teams are. Western won um, a pretty grueling match on the weekend. I think they won 3-2 against ADFA. They actually played across their State League One and State League One reserves with 18 players. So um, a lot of guys playing 180 minutes back to back. So um, they were actually very happy to get out of that with it with a win in, in first grade. Um, so they got the three points. And as you, as you said at the start, Juventus drops two points to UC. So I think that probably puts them pretty much level, but that's uh, that's just kind of more of my litmus guess at the moment um, that I'm not 100% sure where that is, but I'm not sure if anyone is really 100% sure where it is. But I think <laughs> Actually, I think those, I think Juventus were thereabouts two points ahead of uh, Western coming into this round. Um, I'm sure they were ahead when they, when they had the draw. I think Juventus were ahead and they were kind of happy after the draw. And like I said, they're probably unhappy because I think that they deserved well, don't know if they deserve to win, but they were probably the better team. But at least it meant that they stayed on top. But I think now dropping those two points and Western picking up the three probably puts them pretty much at level pegging. Thereabouts, there's possibly a game or two that you know one of them hasn't played catch up games with a with an ad for or the like. Yeah, I did see uh, Juventus coach uh, Jono uh, Zalonado talk about like joke about that on. Um, on Facebook saying, oh, it's, it's on dribble. Who knows? <laughs> who knows who's, uh, who knows who's winning uh, due to that, uh, but very interesting stuff there. It looks like a very, very close league. So we'll uh, keep you guys updated. Of course, as Webby, uh, you know, rejoins the show next, let's kick off first though, with a very, very big result for Wagga at home. 1-0 over the Brindabella Blues. Another win for them as they were able to overcome a very informed Brindabella Blues side in a pretty close matchup. Uh, Jacob Ocheng was able to convert from a penalty spot. Uh, that's his fifth goal of the season. This is also Wagga's fourth penalty in two games. But like I said last week, they were able the ones that were they were the ones that were able to put the pressure into attack and get themselves into a position, and they took advantage of. Uh, most of those penalties converted three, and I believe the fourth um, uh, that he converted from the spot kick, but they confirmed from the rebound from it. Uh, once again, this victory means that Wanderers leap Brindabella Blues into the top four and put the one point ahead of them. They still remain behind a new on goal difference, meaning they are in you know sort of that fourth spot or tied third, however people want to classify it. But um, yeah, a very important result for them. Uh, Always a tough place to travel to Wagga. Uh, no exception for the Brindies in that regard. It was pretty hard fought from what I was told. Uh, this loss, like I said, for the Brindies means they're in fifth place now. That also means they were knocked down by two positions, though, from last uh, week. This also means they are one point ahead of White Eagles, who are in sixth place. But 
Uh, they still have a game in hand against Tuggies. Just proves how competitive the CPL is at the moment, uh, Webby, and every point and every goal matters. But once again, we've been saying this quite a bit about Wagga, not just recently. We've said it a decent amount over the season. Uh, another very uh, important and impressive win for them. Yeah, look, massive, massive win for them. Um, and again, off the back of a, a massive win last week. Um, and as we said, they've had, I think it's two wins over ANU and they've really some quite impressive wins in against the teams that are probably likely to finish in the top four. So, you know, they do make finals. They really should actually come in there with a lot of confidence that they can they can beat those teams around them because they've done it during the season. Um, yeah, look, it's just a funny old season for Wagga. Yeah, as those those results that we talked about just then, but then they've actually, you know, ha- had some quite big losses, um, you know, four or five goals. They're, it's funny that they're sitting in the top four and their, their goal difference is minus nine. So um, it's just an interesting little season that they're either kind of picking up these pretty good wins against top teams or they're, they're just not coming to the races and, and getting uh, beat uh, convincingly. So um, you're never really sure, but yeah, we've talked about it. They've got the quality um, on the park, especially up front. Um, you know, they're quite combative in the midfield, but they do have goals. I think the, the interesting thing, and I haven't seen the team sheet, is after scoring uh, from the spot kick three times, why Kozola didn't take the spot kick in this match and Jacob Ocean did. But I guess probably because he missed the third one last week and had to score off the rebound, that maybe that was enough to, to get him out of there. But I'm not sure if you play it, if he, if he just wasn't on the field, that was the reason. But I haven't seen that. But uh, look, Brenda Bella, they've come into this with a lot of um, really strong form. They were into third, a win there. And, um, you know, they really would have closed the gap on on Queanbeyan and started pushing for that second spot. So it's uh, I think that they, they'll be reasonably upset. I think that they probably had a lot of confidence going into that game. They were going to pick up three points. So, um, as you said, it just shows how close this is. You can't, nothing's guaranteed in this competition. It certainly isn't. Uh, Michael, who do we have next? Yeah, next up we have Western Malongolo who played host to ANU FC. And it was ANU who came away with the away victory in this one, 2-1. The home side got a goal uh, through Paget in the 89th minute. And for the visitors, it was Hines and Ellis getting on the score sheet there. You know, ANU opened the scoring uh, very early in this one. Uh, guys, it was in the second minute, you know, uh, from from Hines after some really nice sort of silky passing around the Western uh, defenders. And then he buried it uh, sort of along the ground into the bottom left corner. You know, ANU second came in, this, in the second half in the 70th minute, um, you know, via a nice cross in the box, uh, you know, to an unmarked uh, Ellis who sort of cleanly struck a header uh, across the goal past the keeper. And I think this is a big win for ANU, sort of as it leapfrogs, the, leapfrogs them sorry, into third place on the CPL ladder ahead of Wagga by goal difference and Brindabella by a single point. And they are also five points uh, behind Queanbeyan now after their, uh, after their draw, uh, which we'll get into uh, in more detail next. Uh, Western gave themselves, you know, uh, a, a good a good account though. Uh, you know, the, the the hope of a possible late comeback after scoring, you know, it, 
one minute before, you know, the, the 90th minute probably didn't help them. Uh, but, you know, it, it was a, it was a pretty, um, a bit of a scramble uh, for that, for that goal that Weston uh, got, but you'll, you'll, you'll take it any day of, of the week. And like I said, you know, if it maybe had just come sort of like five, 10 minutes earlier, then it would have given them a, a good opportunity to, you know, try and come back and at least get away with a, with a draw after going 2-0 down. So, Webby, what are your thoughts on on this result? Obviously, a big win for ANU and, yeah, a little bit of a case of Western sort of grabbing that goal a little bit too late. Yeah, look, um, I was out this game and um, from the Western side of things it was easily their best performance of the year um they they actually played uh extremely well against an anu team on a synthetic pitch there's probably nothing worse um in cpl than playing against you know that quality anu on that on that pitch that they train on um obviously not that exact pitch but that type of pitch um and and to concede two minutes into the game and it was it was probably a pretty silly goal to concede it was just about a defender not stepping out to the top of the box um you know they probably weren't just switched on two minutes in um or all of a sudden you're kind of thinking of the floodgates going to open again but the rest of the game was extremely competitive um i'd say probably chances were close to even um Chris McEwen had a quite a good chance in the first half that he probably didn't pull the trigger and in, instead he cut back inside and the covering defence from ANU did really well to, to close off the chance. In the second half, I think it was immediately after Isaac had scored, uh, Michael Sellers essentially was an open goal, but it was, again, it was a little bit of a scramble and he had to throw a leg out just to get a toe on it and, and um, it just went agonisingly wide. Um, so... There were chances there. They played well. ANU, um, look, they, they played well. And I think that they probably be disappointed that they uh, they didn't come away with a bigger win. But in the end, I think on the balance of the game, they were probably just happy that they got the three points because um, I think across that game, they they realised they were in for it. They were actually in a real, a real battle, a real match then. Um, and, you know, um, it was just a, quite a classy goal, as you kind of described, Michael, that second goal to, to, to be the difference. Um, for Western, look, some good signs in there. The positivity was really good. It's the first game since round one that they've had 11 fresh uh, on-field players. Um, so it's these are small things, but, but um, it showed. It showed all of a sudden what that actually means. Um, and it just means that's the difference between being competitive and just not really having a chance in many of the games. So, um, look, the addition uh, of Tom Padgett for them up front, you know, he's got a lot of MPL1 experience, a lot of CPL experience. He's an absolute handful a lot, most of the centre-backs know him and um, he's he's really going to just add that kind of element for Western and, and give them a focal point that they've probably been missing all season. So I really think that he's going to help them kind of get them through the rest the rest of the season. And, and look, I think from now, most of the teams are probably not going to take them as lightly as they probably would have for the remaining few games. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, look, for ANU... They, as I said, they, they, they did enough. They did a shift. Um, 
I personally thought Liam Neeson was who was playing um, right fullback for them, but yeah, had a, a very advanced right fullback. Actually, had quite a, quite a good game and um, was kind of a constant threat um, down that side. And um, yeah, look, it was uh, they they did enough. And as you said, um, their goal difference it puts them into third spot. They're actually not that far off um, now from Queanbeyan. It's only five points, so. Really, second spot is definitely not out of their uh, not out of their reach at all. Look, I, I personally, if I was a betting man, I'd say top spot. I don't think they really can catch Tuggeranong with the, the amount of games that are left. Um, but I think that they now can probably set their sights on second spot. Most definitely, definitely a valiant effort from Western, like you mentioned there, Chris. Matt, what's our next match? Our next match is Queanbeyan City 2-2 against Ugali. Ramos and Piccolo with the goals for Queanbeyan City. Armanini and Piva uh, with the goals for Ugali. Queanbeyan took the lead first through Ramos. After conceding, they immediately, after conceding uh, uh, through Armanini of uh, Ugali, Queanbeyan immediately took the lead again two minutes later through Michael Piccolo. When it seemed like the victory was looming for Queanbeyan, though, Ugali struck back three minutes from time and um, through Piva. And this was, you know, such a crucial goal for Queanbeyan to concede, especially considering uh, last week they had gained three points on Tuggeranong and reduced the gap to five points. Uh, a win, to, a win um, on the weekend would have reduced the gap to two points. And it would have put more pressure on Tuggeranong, who would have had a match in hand as they didn't play against White Eagles. But it would have put a little bit of pressure on them um, uh, in that regard. Ugali once again uh, with another hard-fought result. And once again, another impressive result away from home for them. They've had quite a few recently where be picking up on their form that they had away from home at the start of the season. Um, if you could touch on both, that'd be great. But of course, have to start a Queanbeyan. Uh, it's a huge two points for them not to gain. Yeah, massive. Look, could be, could turn out to be costly. Could turn out to be the difference between the championship and promotion, those two points. Um, so look, I, I saw them firsthand last week and they were actually quite impressive. And it was the two goal scorers who, for me, were the, uh, the really, the, uh, we're instigators of most of the quality. Um, Piccolo, just a, such an awesome pickup um, for a CPL team to pick him up from Deacon. It's just, it's huge. But um, Ramos was probably really their, their main danger man. He's, he's a very top quality player. Um, and those two kind of really ran the show last week. And um, I would have expected them to be able to kind of carry on and do things similar. Look, they both picked up goals, but... You just you can't underestimate this uh, Ugali team and just that that fighting spirit, that will, that will that those guys have. You know, you know, um, to be dedicated enough to play in this competition and travel so much, they are always going to be ready for a fight and they're never going to, you know, ever going to sit down. And and they didn't. And you go unless you bury the game, you've always got to count them. For having a chance of coming back into it. So uh, 2-1, really, Queenbeard should always have been expecting was never going to be enough and that they had to put the game to bed because, you know, those guys are always going to fight to the last second. And um, 
picking up that goal. Look, it's uh, it's crucial for them as well. It's crucial for Ugali to to stay in the hunt because um, all of a sudden they would have been, you know, eight points behind uh, that top four spot and coming into just the last seven matches, eight points might have been uh, kind of just a bridge too far to make up. But, you know... I think it would have been seven, nine points. Yeah. Oh, well, even, yeah. So, you know, just just having, just picking up those points, every point there is crucial just to give them a chance because if they if they let that slip away, then, um, you know, they just kind of end up in this, in this no man's land for the last four or five games where, you know, they probably are very unlikely are coming last. And then if, if top four's out of their reach, then, um, you know, it makes things difficult. But I think picking up a point there, all they really need to do is kind of grab a couple of wins in the next two games, hope some people drop points and then they're back in the mix. Um, but, you know, that, that's just what they need to do. But obviously they, they keep fighting. You know, they'll probably have a handful of home games um, in this last round. So um, anything can happen with those guys um, playing at home. Certainly can. And White Eagles, Tuggeranong postponed uh, due to a shortage of, ref- of referees for this matchup. Uh, did you want to touch... Um, shortly on White Eagles and Tuggeranong, and Tuggeranong since you've uh, bit last been on the show. Uh, look, well, I, I can't remember when the last time I was on. I've probably put the kiss of death on Tuggeranong a little bit. Well, to, you did. Uh, you had a certain text in you. Well, I did, I did. I did. But I think <laughs> I've come back since then. Um, but, you know, look, I, I thought that they pretty much had it wrapped up. Um and and to be honest, I still think now that those points dropped by Queenbian, it's it's still four points and the game in hand. That is going to be hard to pick to kind of chase down um, with only seven games to go, um, especially when you just think it's it's not a hundred percent about Queenbian picking up points, but also they need Tuggeron to drop points as well. Um, but. It's not a done deal. It's definitely not a done deal. Four points can be picked up. That game in hand, it is against White Eagles. They are a very strong team. I would not be surprised if White Eagles, you know, win that game. And then all of a sudden, it's just four points. And that's where we kind of thought, well, those actual two points that they dropped becomes absolutely enormous. Um, but look, it's still in Tuggeranong Destiny's, you know, Tuggeranong Destiny. It's a hashtag that they love. It's still in, it's still in their hands, promotion. Um, so they've just got to go out and, and get it done. Um, yeah, similarly, White Eagles, look, they're... Well, it's, it's funny. They're sitting in, in sixth spot, but they win that game. They jump to third. They, they win that game in hand. That's how close it is. Um, and, you know, their goal difference is far superior to everybody else in and, that, in and around them. So um, you almost think, well, that's really another point, um, that, that goal difference in case it ever comes close. So uh, they're, they're, they're looking good. They're, we, we kind of talk about the inconsistencies across all the teams, ANU have been very inconsistent. As we said, Wagga have been inconsistent. Uh, White Eagles are just the same. They're, they're kind of the opposite to Wagga. They're, they're either lose a game by a goal or they, they win a game by six goals. But um, they just need to start picking up those consistent wins. Um, and and they'll, they'll be right. But again, it's really quite hard because everybody is, is so close and the, the difference between the teams is it's absolutely minimal. It's, it's just a great competition. 
It certainly is. And it's probably worth mentioning as well. The last Tuggeranong and White Eagles game that was on, I believe it was only a goal and a penalty that separated um, that matchup. It was a very close matchup uh, for what I was told there. Uh, Michael, what are our matches this weekend? Yeah, so for CPL, round 15 fixtures, uh, I'll run through them. First up, we've got Wagga City at home against Canberra White Eagles, Saturday 30th of July at 2.15pm. They're at a Gissing Oval, followed by Brindabella Blues up against Queanbeyan City. So this should be a good one. Saturday 30th of July, 3pm at Ipen Park there in Corwell. ANU will play host to Yulgali, Saturday 30th of July, 3.15 at ANU South. Oval and lastly, we've got Tuggeranong United up against Western Malongolo on Sunday the thirtieth. Uh, I think yeah, Sunday the thirty first of July. Uh, Canberra two oh one there. Yep, yeah, and uh, Webby, thanks for joining us on the show today. Look forward to having you back soon. Any last words uh, before we sign off for today? No, uh, nothing. Nothing else. Again, thanks for having me on, and um, good luck to all the teams on the weekend. It certainly will be another pivotal weekend, as it always is, in CPL. Michael, uh, any last words for today? No, just looking forward to the to the action. Uh, obviously, there's quite a few good games on across, you know, MPL, MPLW and, and CPL. So uh, I'm sure we're going to come back on next week and have plenty to discuss as, you know, the, there's still plenty of teams fighting for, you know, for, for finals and, and whatnot. So going to be very entertaining i feel it certainly will be that was episode 61 of the canberra football show we'll see you next time